Welcome to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shaw Flam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And Daphne is not going to show up until the very end of this week's show because it is what I think you could call a very special episode of Just One More. Uh, As part of our pregnancy series, I wanted to share a series of audio diaries from the last year because I thought it would be worthwhile to hear from someone who is trying to get pregnant, that would be me, uh, and hear from them in real time with all the feelings and hopes and disappointments and weirdness (laughs) that that entails. Uh, The episode is PG, but it does deal with trying to conceive, so make your own decisions about where to listen and who to listen with. Like, I'm fine with my parents hearing it, but I wouldn't want to, like, listen with my parents, if that makes sense. Um, Also, as a reminder, I am not a doctor, so make sure to talk to your own doctor or medical practitioner if you're trying to conceive. Anyway, here we go. Hi, guys. It is um, August 31st of 2017, and um, this is the first of my secret recording project that I'm not sure if it will ever see the light of day. Um, but basically, um, I am starting to think more seriously about having a baby, which is weird to say. Um, and I'm having lots of thoughts about it. Um, and I'm torn in these two different directions. One is that I want to talk about it all the time with everybody because it's on my mind all the time. And, um, you know, so often stuff about pregnancy just isn't talked about because you're supposed to sort of like not exist, uh, as like a, either a sexual person or as a person who like wants a baby until you're already three months pregnant. You're supposed to go from like not interested and totally asexual married person to three months pregnant without anyone noticing. Um, and that seems messed up to me. So I have this, um, urge to talk about it. On the other hand, I also have this urge to not talk about it because, um, I don't know how the story ends and, uh, it could end, uh, really great. It could also be like a really long struggle. And, um, I don't know what it's going to look like yet. So part of me is like, don't tell anyone, don't talk to it, uh, anyone about it. Like part of it feels like talking about it makes it, um, like less likely to happen. It's very weird. Um, no one tells you that having, trying to have a baby is emotional. So bizarre. Um, so my thinking is that I'm going to record stuff um, as I go. And then if it turns into something that I think anyone might want to listen to, um, I'm going to put it together as a series. Um, but right now, Daphne doesn't even know I'm recording this. I'm recording this in my house under a blanket so that the sound will sound okay. Um, and it's the end of August. So being under a blanket is not ideal. Um, but it's what's happening. Um, so the reason that I am recording today is that yesterday I had my first, well, I had my, um, like annual physical. And this physical was building up in my mind for a long time because this is the one where I was going to talk to my doctor about what it will look like when I go off of birth control. I've been on hormonal birth control since I was 19 years old. And so I don't know what 
being an adult who's not on birth control is like. Um, and apparently that's really common for women of my generation that like many of us go on birth control either in high school or college and then don't go off until we're in our thirties. And all of a sudden are like, I want to have a baby and we don't know anything about how our cycles work or like there may be underlying problems that we just never noticed. Um, and, uh, yeah, so went to this doctor's appointment and this is the same doctor who like, I like my doctor a lot and she might listen to the show. Um, but for the last like several appointments, she's asked me if I'm thinking about having kids and I'm always like, not yet. Uh, which she's been very respectful about. Um, but it felt weird to go in and this time be like, how about now? Um, and so it's also like, um, talking about this stuff with people who deal with it all the time, they are at such a different mental place about it than you are when you do it for the first time. So like I said to my doctor, like we're starting to think about, you know, trying to have a kid within the next 12 months. (laughs) She goes, okay, do you think you'll want to deliver downtown? And I was like, deliver what? That's like, there's so much stuff that happens between now and then, but it makes sense for her because she's thinking she needs to refer me to an OBGYN. She wants to refer me to somebody who, um, then will like, uh, send me to the hospital where I want to deliver this baby. So to her, it makes total sense. But to me, I was like, what? I don't know. I don't know how any of this works. I haven't thought about any of this. Um, I'm busy thinking about like, how I will feel about myself when I have a child. (laughs) Not thinking about the practicalities. Um, But luckily someone else is, and that's why it's good to have doctors. Um, So, yeah, and she, like, went through all my, like, medications and supplements and was like, this is what you want to be on when you're trying to get pregnant. You should probably switch from this allergy medicine to this allergy medicine, blah, 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 blah. And she recommended a book which, okay, so here's another one of my things about pregnancy. I'm like, I was this way about my wedding too. I'm like allergic to anything that is overtly feminized, which in the world of pregnancy is going to be nearly impossible. Um, So the book she recommended to me is called Be Fruitful, The Essential Guide to Maximizing Fertility and Giving Birth to a Healthy Child. Um, The author is Victoria Mazes, who is a doctor um, of integrated medicine. Um, And like just the fact that it's called be fruitful and the picture is like a pregnant woman with an apple instead of a fetus. I don't know. It makes me want to vom a little bit, but, um, the book seems, I started, of course I got it immediately and started reading it right away because I'm both terrified and like desperate for information. Um, and so started reading it right away and it seems to have good tips about Like, the idea with integrative medicine is, like, everything needs to be based in science, but also there is value to some things that aren't necessarily included in typical medical treatments of things. So, basically, like, there may be something in between, um, you know, having no help whatsoever and doing, like, a super invasive surgical treatment or whatever. Um, So, talking about nutrition and supplements and stress and all that stuff. So, um, it's a lot of information and, uh, it's a little overwhelming and it also immediately puts me back in the position of second guessing everything I'm eating. So Daphne and I have spent all this time and effort over the last several years getting to the point where 
um, I think less about what I'm putting into my body. And reading this book is making me aware of how much preparing for pregnancy can put women in the same mental space that diet culture does, except it's like totally fine, right? Because it's about doing what's best for your baby. So like now cutting out wheat isn't about diet. It's about, you know, being a good host for your baby. Um, and so it's like, do I even, I, you know, do I have the right to question that stuff when it's like for a baby? It feels, you know, like a selfish move to be like, I'm going to keep eating donuts. Like, um, because that's important to me. And I've just spent the last three years convincing myself that it's okay to eat donuts sometimes. Um, but the thing is, I do think it's okay to eat donuts sometimes. Like people who eat donuts get pregnant all the time. Right. Um, so I really don't want to get dragged into this like yuppie Manhattan idea of like what it means to, um, take good care of yourself in anticipation of pregnancy. We'll see. It's, uh, I am, I'm starting to see how connected, pregnancy culture is to diet culture. Um, and I am wary because I don't, the last thing I want to do when I'm preparing for a major life change is to get sucked into a bunch of stuff, um, that I've spent a bunch of time getting out of. Um, so, uh, that's where I'm at, uh, just starting to get information and feeling overwhelmed. Also insurance is insane. Um, because, my, uh, because Matt and I both work for ourselves, we buy insurance through the healthcare exchange. Um, and so we have a really high deductible. And so looking at like who, what OBGYNs and hospitals will we be able to see with our insurance? And, um, you know, do we want to think about getting a more expensive plan next year? So our deductible is lower and can I just do that? Cause it's not like he's having a baby. Um, unless medical science really advances in the next few months. Um, so yeah, so it's a lot of stuff. Um, but I keep telling myself that people do it all the time and a lot of people do it without several months of preparation and navel gazing and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. End of August, 2017, been to the doctor, getting more info, kind of freaking out, uh, but doing okay. Um, still not pregnant because that's the point for right now. Purposefully not getting pregnant. Um, that's another weird thing. You spend so much of your life as a woman being terrified of being, becoming pregnant. And then all of a sudden you flip a switch to becoming terrified that you can't get pregnant. It's messed up guys. The culture's, uh, feelings and, uh, pressures on women are insane. I think that's probably going to be a running theme. All right. Uh, talk to you next time I have thoughts. Bye. Hey, uh, so today is, uh, January 3rd of 2018 and, uh, I haven't recorded in a while and I don't remember what I said the first time I did. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, today was sort of, uh, like artificial, uh, like, benchmark, I guess, um, because today is when I went to my no, new OBGYN for the first time. Um, my primary care doctor has been handling all that stuff, but since I'm looking at getting pregnant, I'm going to need an actual OBGYN. So, um, I was like 
weirdly scared about going to this appointment. I think um, partly because it's sort of like the last thing I felt like I had to do before uh, actually uh, going off birth control, which is a medication I've been on since I was 19 years old. Um, I think also because the OBGYN I'm seeing is part of like a bigger hospital and I haven't really had to deal with bigger medical institutions as an adult on my own. So that was a little intimidating. Um, I was also worried about insurance stuff. Um, my husband and I buy insurance through the exchange because we're both self-employed. Um, so, uh, I'm always nervous about making sure that places accept my insurance and that I like the places that accept my insurance. So I was very nervous. And I've also had several like bad run-ins with the medical establishment over the last few months since my primary care doctor appointment. I've had um, uh, appointments with my endocrinologist and uh, I found out that I have like a nodule on my thyroid. And so I had to have a biopsy and then wait a month to get the results. Turns out everything's fine, but that was a scary month. Um, and when I went to the, to my primary care doctor, my like liver numbers came back weird. So then I had to wait six weeks thinking that maybe I had liver disease. Turns out it was fine, but, uh, all of this, like the results have been fine but it's led me to be more nervous than I maybe used to be about going to the doctor. Um, but, um, you know, something to be prepared for, I guess, when you're going into, hopefully going into pregnancy is the fact that like your body is going to be medicalized in a certain way. Um, so I guess it's been good in that sense to get used to that idea. Um, but anyway, uh, my OBGYN experience was great. Um, the, everyone working in the facility was super nice, um, very professional and they saw me right away. And I liked the nurse who took my info and I liked my OBGYN, but for someone like me who spent a long time trying not to get pregnant, the choice to start trying to get pregnant is really overwhelming. And for every doctor I've talked to along the way, they're just so nonplussed. It's like, oh, really? A 32-year-old married woman wants to have a baby? Like, <laughs> giant surprise. Uh, just kidding. They're not surprised at all. Um, so I'm always sort of taken aback by how casual people are to me about it. Um, but I guess that's good. It's a good reminder that like a lot of people have babies and it's not such a big deal, even though it feels like a big deal to me. Um, but yeah, uh, my OB was like, <laughs> one piece of advice she gave was, um, I recommend not making getting pregnant a job unless you have to. Um, I was like, that's a good way to think about it. Um, because I think for a lot of people, it, it puts a lot of stress on women because they feel like they have to really be in control and really not like screw it up and have to do everything perfectly. And it puts a lot of stress on their partners also, um, in terms of like changing what their intimate relationship is about and, um, all that stuff, uh, can get artificial and weird. So, um, it was nice of her to say that I thought it was a good mindset to be in, that it's not a job until it has to be and whether it ever has to be is up to me. Um, so yeah. So now the big thing is going off this medication I've been on for over 10 years. Uh, so no big deal. Uh, I have no idea what that's going to be like. Um, and, uh, 
yeah, now I just live my life for a little bit and see what happens. Okay, so I know that everyone tells you that there are things you don't understand about parenthood or pregnancy or fertility or whatever until you go through it. Um, But I have come up against my first one of those things where I was like, oh, I just did not understand this until I was experiencing it. Um, So I'm a pretty logical and rational person and I have a lot of emotions, but I'm pretty able to um, read them and understand why they're happening and, you know, uh, calm myself down when I need to. And I never really understood why women got so stressed out about, um, trying to get pregnant, at least in like the first year. It was like, I was always sort of like, you know, you, it might take a little bit. And so you just, you know, relax and chill out. And when it happens, it happens. And the thing I didn't understand is that not knowing what's happening inside your own body is really distracting. Um, you know, I'm not in a hurry to get pregnant and I still think about it all the time since going off birth control because I don't understand what's happening in my own body. Like my body can be keeping secrets from me and that is very uncomfortable. Um, so I think, uh, that, That um, just desperately wanting to know what's going on inside your own body um, is, I think, part of what fuels the sort of like stress or control or like overexcitement about <laughs> needing information. And I think I get it now in a way that I didn't before. So that's a thing that's interesting. Um, turns out having body mysteries is uh, very confusing. All right, so it is the end of March, uh, and on some level, I feel like I've chilled out a little bit, um, which is good. I don't know if you can tell from hearing my voice, but I have a cold, and it's my first time being sick since uh, trying to get pregnant. And the cool thing, just kidding, about getting sick when you're trying to get pregnant is you're not supposed to take a bunch of cold medication. And the extra cool thing is it may turn out that you weren't pregnant and it would have been totally fine to take the cold meds, but you don't know. So you just have to suffer for maybe no reason for this potential future baby that uh, might not exist. Uh, But, you know, it really, it's been okay. Uh, I haven't had to go anywhere, uh, so I've just been sick alone in my house, which is fine. Uh, but it's just one of the many things that fall into the area of uncertainty. Like drinking during this time is really weird um, because, uh, you know, during the couple weeks where you might be pregnant but you don't know, you don't really, or I have felt, I don't know what anyone else feels, I have felt weird drinking because I might be pregnant and everyone knows you're not supposed to drink alcohol while you're pregnant, but I might not be pregnant. And also not drinking in social situations can be really obvious and weird. Um, so 
I've sort of gone back and forth about like how I want to handle that. I think different women handle it different ways. Um, but it's just another one of those cases where you're having to make decisions based on a thing that might not even be true about your body. Um, and it's not like alcohol is that important. It's not like cold medicine is that important, but having to make decisions for your body based on a thing that you can't know yet about yourself is like a very confusing and, um, stressful and in some ways isolating part of, um, trying to get pregnant because no one else, like your partner doesn't have that experience. And so, you know, he can be sympathetic assuming your partner is male. Cause I'm talking about my situation. Uh, you know, he can be sympathetic, but he doesn't, he's not going through the same decisions. Um, so that's weird. Another fun thing that happened is I, I decided to look up some writing about, um, you know, trying to get pregnant because, you know, it can be really isolating, especially if you're doing sort of the traditional thing and not really talking about it with other people. Um, and so I read a bunch of articles, uh, on refinery 29 and at the end of several of them realized it was written by someone I knew. Uh, so, uh, that is funny. And it's sort of funny to feel like connected to someone who I am actually connected to in real life, but she doesn't know that I'm connecting to that thing, uh, because it's through her writing. Um, so I look forward to when all of this is public, being able to say, Anna, your writing is really helpful and descriptive and made me feel like the moments where I have felt like a crazy person aren't so crazy, or at least I'm not the only one. So shout out to Anna for doing that writing. Other than that, you know, it's just, it's hard to be patient. Um, but it's also hard. It's hard to be patient and prepared and that finding that balance has been really hard. Um, because I sort of don't want to picture myself getting pregnant because then it's extra disappointing when I'm not. But if I don't picture it, I feel like I'm not going to be ready when it happens because hopefully one of these times my period won't come and I'll take a pregnancy test and it will turn out that I'm pregnant. Um, but trying to hold in my mind at the same time, this patience and like whatever happens happens and also like being ready for this thing that would be like a huge change in our lives. Uh, it's really hard. Um, finding a middle ground is, is not so easy. So I find I'm more sort of, bouncing in between the two. All right. So here is why trying to get pregnant will make you crazy. So, uh, it's been like three months of, uh, being off of birth control. And, uh, so relatively early in the process, not a huge surprise if I am not, or don't get pregnant right away. It takes a while. Um, if you're under 35, which I am, they say not to start worrying until like a year into the process. So trying to be chill, right? So I, in sort of like measuring expectations or trying to keep my expectations measured, uh, coming towards the end of my cycle, I like, you know, sort of get in the mindset of like, my period is coming. That is fine. Like on to the next one. So I get all psyched to that. And then 
my period doesn't come right away. All right, so I like wait another day, doesn't come, wait another day, doesn't come. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take a pregnancy test because then I'll just know and I, you know, one way or the other, I won't have to worry about it anymore. It's not that expensive. I'm just going to do it. So decide to take a pregnancy test, totally freak out because it's weird. Uh, take the test and like <laughs> the test result was like, so not pregnant. It was like, it was like the test was like yelling at me. Like, are you serious? No, you're not, you're not pregnant. Like, come on. It was like a very bold, very clear result. So I was like, all right, like disappointing, but some part of me, I think kind of knew that that was the deal. Not a big deal. Now, like my period will just come and, you know, on to the next one. But now it's been two more days and my period still hasn't come. So now there's a bunch more confusing things that might be happening. A, uh, my period is just late and that's just part of going off of birth control and fine. Another option is my period is late and it's because of something bad that I uh, will then have to deal with in terms of my health or my fertility. So that's super fun to think about. Uh, another option is that I am pregnant and for whatever reason got a false negative on the test. So now I have to panic all over again. And I had gotten used to the idea that I wasn't pregnant this month. Now I have to get reused to the idea that I might be. And I can't tell anybody about it except for my husband who already thinks I'm a crazy person. Not that that is different from normal <laughs> life. Uh, but yeah, so shout out to all the women out there trying to get pregnant and walking around trying to pretend that everything is normal when things are instead very confusing and high pressure and you're worried that either you're uh, pregnant and don't know about it or that something is drastically wrong with your body when actually what might be happening is that just like your cycle is longer this month. So blurg is what I'm saying to you. Sometimes <laughs> this process feels pretty blurg. So I am waiting to find out if I am pregnant for the fifth time, um, five months into this. Um, and I'm not listening back to these as I record them, so I may be repeating myself a lot. I think the main thing that I'm have been thinking about recently is how impossible the mental gymnastics are of wanting to be pregnant and trying to balance remaining positive and open-minded and ready while also setting yourself up to not be like totally crushed. Uh, and that all sounds dramatic, except if you've been through it, you know that it feels real. And the fact that your hormones are moving around doesn't help. Um, but it's like, you know, the main way that I set myself up for potential disappointment in life is to be prepared for it not to happen. Say like, well, it's probably not going to happen anyway. So we'll just like, you know, go to the audition and have a good time. And like, you know, um, but you know, 
you're also getting this message when you're trying to get pregnant that it's important to like be ready and be open to getting pregnant and like think positively and all that stuff. And those two things just like don't work well together. So what I find myself doing is vacillating wildly between the two. Um, and also like feeling guilt about the inability to do both at the same time. So basically like all the rest of being an adult woman in our society. Um, so that's really hard, uh, and it's stressful. And it's also, all of this is happening during a time in your life when you're also not supposed to tell people that it's something you want because, um, both because it feels like a thing that is private and also because it is admitting that you really want a thing that you don't know if you're going to get. And there's, I definitely feel like if I tell people that we're, you know, trying to get pregnant and then no baby appears or no bump appears for a while. Um, it like lets people in on our business in a way that feels uncomfortable, but then on the other hand, not talking about it, then you don't get any support. And so you end up going on the internet, which is crazy. Can we talk about pregnancy internet for a second? I feel like it is, or like fertility internet. I feel like it is in the pop culture in in ways that are like, um, pretty misogynist, I think, like sort of making fun of women for the way that they talk online about fertility and pregnancy with all the like acronyms and stuff. Uh, and I'm not here for misogyny. On the other hand, it pregnancy and fertility internet is full of craziness. Like, because this is a thing that we like can't talk about publicly Instead, we're all talking about it privately with, like, a bunch of people acting like experts based on only their own experience and no, like, science or, you know, anything. And it, it's like a setup to feel terrible. I'll tell you one thing. The only people who post about how long it took them to get pregnant are either people who are, like, 21 and got pregnant immediately or people who uh, have fertility problems and it's taken them years. And so that is not a great resource to be looking at when you are like within your first year of trying to get pregnant because you feel like either it's, it's a great way to be like, oh, I'm a failure. And if it didn't happen on month one, it's not going to happen until like years down the road with like really intensive intervention. And the fact is that's not true. Most couples uh, who are actively trying to get pregnant uh, will get pregnant within a year but only 50% of them will get pregnant within six months. So it's really not that weird. But no one who tries for like a sort of average amount of time writes about it on the internet. Um, so, so that's really frustrating. And I have to like keep going back to the science and reminding myself that like people talking about their own experience on the internet is not the same as looking at data. Um, so trying to focus on the data which is really hard when it's a thing that's really personal and emotional and has to do with your own body. Um, but yeah, another thing that came up was, um, I realized in a conversation with my beloved husband that even though I thought that we had sort of both covered the same material ahead of time, he was not aware of those percentages or just like hadn't internalized them. Um, and that makes sense. Um, if I stop to think about it for more than five seconds, of course I've read a ton more. It's about my body. Um, you know, 
I'm a more intense person in terms of that sort of thing. Anyway, I am the woman in a heterosexual couple, so society is set up for me to be the one who knows about these things. Um, but it it made me think about the ways in which I'm making assumptions about what he knows and what he is learning and where he is in the process, um, and that they those assumptions are not always correct. So, um, you know... I, I'm not exactly sure what to draw from that, except that I want to be aware of how much more information I have and also how much more work I am doing to find it. Uh, no shade to my husband. Uh, these are societal issues or questions. Uh, so, but yeah, just a thing I'm thinking about. Um, so anyway, uh, We'll see what happens in the next few days. Um, And, yeah, trying to be patient. Trying to be patient and positive and lucky. It's hard. I was talking to Daphne a couple weeks ago. This is like six months into uh, the process of trying to get pregnant. And one thing that I didn't think about ahead of time is that if you have any issues or, um, you know, disordered tendencies around food or restricting or dieting or any of those things, or even just have self-esteem issues based around your weight, um, trying to get pregnant can be really triggering. Um, you know, I've spent all this time working with Daphne over the last few years about sort of getting out of the place of a really rigid, idea of what to eat and what to do and trying to, you know, have nutrition and exercise be part of my life without taking over my life and without being, thinking of them as like punishment or thinking of myself as bad in relation to, um, my body in any way. And all of a sudden when you're trying to get pregnant, um, at least from coming from my experience, an experience of privilege, uh, an experience being a white woman, uh, married over the age of 30. Um, it is really triggering because it puts you right back in the place of, oh, this thing that you want, if you just do every single thing correctly, you can control this thing that actually is uncontrollable. Um, so there's obviously food stuff. There are foods you are and are not supposed to eat when you're trying to get pregnant. Um, but it's not just food. It's like, you know, water, all of a sudden, uh, you know, I live in New York where the water is good. Now I'm filtering my water because the book that I read said you should filter your water. All right. That seems like not such a big deal. Um, but then like what happens when I drink water somewhere else? Now there's this part of me that's like, Oh, is this water bad? Um, that triggers really similar thoughts to, Oh, is this food bad? Should I be eating this? Um, there are also, uh, things about like, you're not supposed to touch receipts because the paper they print receipts on, um, uh, has a lot of BPA in it, which is the same stuff that used to be in a lot of water bottles. Um, and that can be bad for your egg health. You don't realize how often you touch receipts (laughs) until you're trying not to touch receipts. And it really started, starts to make me feel, um, crazy about it. Um, and like, uh, like not touching the receipts is magic. 
And if I, as long as I just don't touch the receipts, as long as I don't eat non-filtered water, um, then I'm going to be able to get pregnant. And if I do do any of those things and I don't get pregnant, then not getting pregnant is my fault. Um, and then there's the issue of weight. So everything you read about getting pregnant will tell you that if you have a BMI of overweight or obese, you're less likely to get pregnant. So a lot of books about fertility just like suggest that you lose weight. Um, and, uh, man, talk about, uh, punch in the gut (laughs) when you're already, um, you know, feeling vulnerable about this thing you're trying to do with your body and you've always thought it would be easy. And then it's not that easy to also be told that like, oh, and maybe it's because you're fat. And isn't that a thing you always sort of suspected about yourself was that things weren't going well because you are a fat, lazy person. So yeah, not great adds to all of the stress that is already involved in trying to get pregnant. Um, and, uh, so just trying to be aware of that and trying to make decisions that are right for me in terms of how much to pay attention to those things and how much to try and let them go. Um, which thankfully is something that I have been working on in different areas of my life with Daphne for a long time. So I I feel like I have some of the tools to recognize like, Oh, these are, these things are giving me bad thought patterns because, um, I really want control of this situation where I feel like I don't have control and, uh, I feel like I can do all, I'm failing at doing all the things that would magically, uh, make this easier. So shout out to anyone else out there who is, uh, getting triggered by the process of trying to get pregnant or whatever other medical stuff you're going through. Um, yeah, it's rough. And also, a lot of times this gets sort of talked about like it's a control issue. Oh, this is hard for you because you want to control it and you can't control it, so just relax. That's not exactly right, and it makes it seem like, again, something that is your fault. Um, What is happening is that you obviously want to, there's a thing that you want, and there are all these resources that say you can have what you want if you do all these things. And then the pressure to do all those things and failing to do some of them because it's impossible or it would be like a second full-time job um, is stressful because you've been told this is what you need to do to succeed and then you do it or you fail to do it and then you're still having trouble. So don't let people tell you these are your control issues. That's separate. (laughs) Um, This is about other people selling you the idea that you have control and you having to manage that. All right. So it's October. It has been a while since I recorded anything. Um, and I think that's probably just because things got more complicated and I didn't know how I felt about them at any given moment. And what I think is happening changes, uh, as I go through the process. So, um, This won't be in real time, but to catch you up, um, in July, I thought I was pregnant. Uh, it was around the time when I was expecting my period and I got really, uh, nauseous, which like never happens to me. I have like a stomach of steel. Um, 
and my period was late and I was like, oh my God, it's happening. Uh, it was like, uh, six or seven months into trying to conceive. So I was like, this is like right on target. This will be amazing. Um, and I took a pregnancy test, one of the ones with the lines and it was not a clear positive, but I, you know, I thought maybe I saw like a light second line, which is what means is like the, yay, you're pregnant sign. Uh, so I was like, well, maybe I just have to wait a little longer to get a full, you know, strong positive. Um, and we went on vacation and I wasn't drinking and, um, took another pregnancy test while I was on vacation and, uh, it did not show a clear positive or looking back on it now, really any positive at all. Um, I was probably looking for something that wasn't there. Um, so then I was on vacation. I was not pregnant after thinking I was pregnant and my cycle was super long, like way longer than any of my previous cycles had been. So I freaked out. Um, I emailed my OBGYN and she got back to me right away and said, it's not that unusual to have a, you know, a weird cycle. If you still don't have your period in two weeks, let me know. Ended up getting it. Um, so I was like, all right, um, maybe I was pregnant and, uh, it just didn't take because, um, now that pregnancy tests are so much more, um, like they can detect a lot less of the hormone than, uh, tests used to be. They're more sensitive. Um, and so people, but you know, a fair number of pregnancies end before you would even expect to get your period. So a lot of women used to just not even know that they had been pregnant and it hadn't kept going, um, because they just got what they assumed was a period and it was fine. So I sort of thought maybe that had happened, um, which I felt fine about, um, because it meant that like, at least things were generally working. Um, and then I had another super long period, um, like, or super long, um, cycle. It was like 40 days. Um, and previously for the first six months of being off birth control, um, all my cycles were between 29 and 33 days. So second super long cycle freaked out. Um, got back in touch with my OBGYN. She said to come in. Um, so during this whole process, you know, when you, at least with my OBGYN, if you're not already pregnant and you want to make an appointment, they're like, great, see you in four weeks. So, um, I knew there wasn't going to be anything else I could really learn for a month, but I felt better having that appointment in there. I think I was feeling a lot of pressure to get pregnant within a year because, um, that's sort of the way that they define infertility is that healthy couples, at least what I have read, um, they expect that like 50% will be pregnant within six months, 80% will be pregnant within a year of trying. And if you try for a year and you don't get pregnant, they call that infertility. Um, it doesn't mean you won't get pregnant, but that's when they start looking at like maybe something unusual is happening. And so I was feeling a lot of pressure, I think, to hurry up and get pregnant before a year was out because that would mean nothing was wrong. Um, and even though it hasn't been a year yet, something about just like making that appointment, having my OBGYN 
confirm like, yes, this does look like something we should take a look at. Um, was sort of a relief because it was like, oh, I don't have to like race to get pregnant within a year. And if I don't, then that means I'm broken. Um, so, so that actually, it felt good to make the appointment. I think I was also avoiding making an appointment because I didn't want to be thought of as like hysterical, um, or like I was coming in unnecessarily. Um, you're the customer when you are a patient, um, do what you need for you. Uh, yes, it would be great if we didn't overuse medical care, but in the case of trying to get pregnant, I think, um, I was really placing a limit on myself that didn't need to be there. Um, because then when I went in for the appointment, um, and my husband went with me, which was great. It was not how I imagined our like first appointment together at my OBGYN going, but so it goes. Um, they really affirmed me coming in and said, you're coming in at just the right time. Um, you know, you're doing a great job. Um, which meant a lot to me. Um, it can be such an isolating process and there's so much, you can just read forever and, um, feel like there's always something you're, you should be doing and you're not. And, um, I was also really afraid that when I went in for the appointment, that they were going to tell me that my weight was the problem. Um, and I think I was afraid of that because of all the work Daphne and I have done together about, um, accepting my body at the weight where it is and finding other ways to define health, um, for me. And so I really was afraid that this process would sort of like send me back down the rabbit hole of feeling bad about my body. Um, even though I rationally knew, like I take good care of myself, I eat great food. I live a balanced life. Like this is the weight that is right for me. Um, I was really afraid that they were going to say, well, until you lose X number of pounds, there's nothing we can do for you. And they didn't say that at all. They didn't even mention my weight, which was great. Um, what they did do was, um, sign me up for some tests. So I did a bunch of blood tests the day of the appointment, um, to test various like hormones and things. Um, I did know, so that this cycle I used, a ovulation kit where basically you like pee on a small computer every morning <laughs> and it, uh, detects if the, if this like particular hormone goes up, which signals that you're about to ovulate. This was a recommendation from my endocrinologist. Um, especially if you have irregular cycles, uh, it's really useful. The thing is it's expensive. It's like 20 bucks a month for the number of, um, P computer strips you have to use. Yeah. If you are having a regular cycle like I do, but because I had been using it, I did know that I had ovulated like the day of the appointment. So it was actually convenient because they want to take your blood like right at ovulation. And then a week later, because they want to see if your hormone levels are moving the way they're supposed to throughout your cycle. So I went back in a week later, um, and had the second test done. Um, and then I have an appointment at the end of November to sort of look at all that stuff and see how it's going. But also, um, as soon as I get my next period, uh, I have to go take a test that I'm not sure I can pronounce. It's called 
hysterosalpingogram, HSG. My doctor introduced this test by saying it's not comfortable, which in doctor speak means be afraid. Um, basically it's to make sure that like all your tubes are clear, that your eggs will be able to get where they need to get. Um, so it's a radiology test where my interpretation of what happens is that they shoot radioactive material up your vagina, um, and then watch it on some sort of x-ray machine. Um, I Googled it. And it uh, appears to be quite uncomfortable, um, but it also appears to be short. So, you know, I'm not looking forward to taking a painful, invasive test. On the other hand, um, I am looking forward to knowing more about what we're dealing with as we go through this. Um, So, yeah. So... That's sort of where I'm at is like waiting for this cycle to end so that I can do the last test that I'll need before our follow-up appointment at the end of November. So that's the story. I feel less sort of sad or scared about it right now than I did in August, which is why I'm recording this now and not in August. Um... So yeah, so we'll see, uh, what happens. Um, you know, I would love to get pregnant this month, so I don't have to take this scary test. Um, I also am aware that, you know, there's the same amount of chance of getting pregnant this month as all the other months and we haven't yet. So, uh, trying to be Zen about it. So that's where I'm at. Hooray. So it's October 10th, and I'm pregnant. (laughs) Um, It's so weird. Uh, I, like, could barely hope that this would happen because I really didn't want to take that test. Um, So it seemed, like, too good that, like, this would be the month that I would get pregnant because... uh, it would be not only this thing that we want, but also like really convenient in terms of medical care. Um, but, uh, I think I said in the last one that I was using an ovulation kit. So I knew I had ovulated. Um, I waited until two weeks after I had ovulated, which was like a super long cycle. Um, so as far as I knew, whatever weird thing was going on that was making my cycle long is still happening. Um, But I waited two weeks after the kit said I ovulated, and I was like, probably my period will come. And it didn't. Then I, like, waited another day, and it still didn't. And I didn't, I don't have some of the, like, classic signs. Like, my boobs aren't sore. Um, I'm not nauseous yet, although I think that's pretty normal. Um... But I was having some cramping. I didn't have uh, what they call implantation bleeding, um, which is not from implantation. Whatever. Um, It's yet another weird thing about pregnancy. But, um, But I was having some cramping that felt different, 
a little bit different from my normal like period cramping and it happened for a few days and no period. Um, so this morning after like a terrible night of sleep, here's the thing that sucks about taking pregnancy tests is you like are supposed to take them in the morning so that your pee is concentrated. Um, which means that if you know you're going to take one, you spend all night freaking out about taking a pregnancy test. So that's what I did. I slept terribly. I was up like a million times. Finally let myself get up and took a test. I now have the digital ones that either say pregnant or not pregnant because I was like, I'm not dealing with this. Is it there a line or not business anymore? I'm just shelling out for the digital test. Um, and I've had the experience so many times of like taking a test and wanting it to be positive and having it be negative that I was like trying to psych myself up for that. Um, and then I took it and it said pregnant. It didn't say not pregnant. It said pregnant. Um, so OMG, as they say, um, I'm at like four weeks and two days. So anything could happen. Um, my, I'm going out of town for the weekend. My plan is to take another test when I get back. And then if that is also positive, call my doctor and rewrite the schedule for when I come in. Um, I'm trying to just allow myself to be happy. Uh, I think I've spent a lot of this process trying to hedge so that if something happened that wasn't perfect or great, I would feel prepared. But if you always do that, you sort of don't allow yourself to hope um, or expect the best. And so while I rationally know that like four weeks is not very far into a pregnancy, um, you know, anything could happen. Um, we're not gonna obviously start telling anyone. Um, but for right now, um, I'm just letting myself enjoy thinking about myself as being pregnant. Um, I, I told Matt, did I say? I told him, uh, he was excited. I think he is trying also to like, uh, I've been very specific with him about tamping down his excitement until, uh, further along in the process, but, um, I can tell he's excited, um, and probably confused, uh, who isn't, uh, a little bit confused. Um, so currently pregnant, uh, will keep you posted. Um, yeah. You can see the exact intersection so, where you reside. Yeah. And I, I'd never had like a colorful phone case for this phone. So I was like, yeah, I will take a free mm -hmm. phone case. Yeah. It looks really good. Thank you. So, um, I just sent you my log. Okay, fantastic. I will Sorry, I didn't send no, it before. No, that is not a problem at all. That is just good for me, for me to have. And it's here and open. Awesome. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Are you really? Yeah. Oh my god. I'm so happy. Oh my god. I'm also recording you right now. <laughs> oh 
god. Oh my god. Oh my god. So, <laughs> sorry. Sorry about your event later. There's <laughs> just mascara. You're doing okay so far. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Congratulations. Thank you. Holy moly. Woo, that's a big emotional <laughs> for me too. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Just tell me everything. Oh, uh, I'm like laughing and crying and I know. smiling. I'm it's like, a lot. Oh my right god. Now. Like it's also huge. Like wait. <laughs> My chest, so like for you, like, oh my god, wow! Ugh. And I'm just thinking about like the journey and this past yes. year. Oh my god! Gonna put god. my C band back on. Oh my god! I'm really happy for you. I know. I'm so happy. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, everything has been so crazy this last year for you, and I know exactly, like, what you've gone through, and I'm just so happy. I'm so happy you're okay, and I'm so happy you're pregnant, and little baby, baby Shawflam Healy is on his way. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Oh, how are you feeling? Oh, my God. Barfy? Okay, yeah. I'm going to stop recording now because okay. people don't need to know how I feel, Murphy. Hi, welcome back to the present. It's March of 2019. I am 26 weeks pregnant and I am no longer feeling barfy. Hooray. Uh, assuming everything continues to go well, Matt and I are expecting our baby girl to be born in the middle of June. We are really excited and we are incredibly busy with like endless administrative tasks. It's wild. Um, I'm going to talk more about my pregnancy in the next few episodes, which will be deep dives with Daphne on each of the three trimesters. Um, but just to close out this episode, listening back to these audio diaries in preparing for this week, um, this time already feels impossibly far away. And as distressing as it was to live through at times, I'm also just blown away by how lucky we got. Um, First of all, we're a married heterosexual couple in our 30s, so we have society supporting us wanting to have a baby and biology making it relatively easy. Uh, We got pregnant within a year. We so far have a healthy baby, knock on wood. Um, I'm feeling good. We have good health care that took us seriously at every step of the process. And I know that there will be people hearing this who have not been so lucky in one or several of those ways. And so I just wanted to say that I'm thinking of you. And if you're just starting out on this journey and you have anxiety like I had a year and a half ago, I'm thinking of you too. Um, And I just, I hope that hearing from someone else as they went through it helped you feel a little bit less alone. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shaw-Flam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes, help subscribing, and to join us on Patreon, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. 
Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Just One More Pod, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Just One More Podcast, or you can email us at info at Just One More Podcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.